Good afternoon, all. It's so good to be in this atmosphere. Congratulations to the Life family. You have such an amazing leader, and our delivery of the word is, it always blows me apart. I can't. Pastor Indidi just spoke for about five minutes, and uh, my, phone, my, my, my note, phone note is full. I've got a yes, Salmon. Thank you for being an amazing leader, and of course, the array of people that are in the life family. Um, I was catching up with the update of yourselves, and I'm going to speak to life family in a moment, but congratulations to you. Thank you. All the families that are watching, I welcome you, first of all, of course, all the families, the family houses, our first constituency, and of course, all our friends and, and people from around the world watching. Good afternoon to you. I'm going to make this short. Let me congratulate the leadership of Pastor Sam. For having a great team to think with and to create what I just saw. I'm blown away by that. I think the idea is amazing. I think it is powerful and I see the vision. I must say that um, Livingstone has served me well um, in my tenure as the senior pastor. And when I said that, we're handing over leadership, I meant it. Um, because if you talk about what does it mean to hand over leadership, the financial interpretation of an organization was truly handed over. Um, like any other company that is sensible, the founder cannot just exit overnight. It serves as a consultancy, so it's only right that some of us that have served well over the years can almost retire together. Or we can move to the next stage. Maybe not retirement, but we can move to the next stage of our calling, like I've done. It is right for many others to follow suit. And everyone that I've served alongside Spark Church, Spark Ministries, and Spark Nation, I believe, in my opinion, we've all been wholesome. Don't you guys think so? And those of us who are able to see what God is doing next and can sow our seed ahead of time, the seed of obedience, the seed of whatever else, um, those of us who are able to do that, we might be privileged to still be part of what God is trying to do through the next leadership of the church. I don't think it is our right. We don't feel entitled to it. It is just God allowing us to see what's next under the leadership of all the family heads and all the industrial heads under your leadership. So I count it a privilege to be part, still part, and puzzle, uh, maybe a consultant of the highest order in what God is doing in your generation. And so thank you. To those of us who have to move to greater callings and stuff, I greet you all for the great work 
that you've done, that we've done together in making sure that the kingdom of God, as it pertains to heavenly rays, is, um, we frontiered it, we pushed it. And now, as we answer all the callings, which has to do more with the earth, and making sure that people advance in their daily calling, let us take that with challenge, with the heart, the right heart, and let us win this race. Amen. Amen. I'll end my case with that. Pastor Crystal, congratulations to you. I believe it's a well thought through decision. Um, believe it as you may want to or not. Um, I'm just a consultant in this decision. The leadership thought it through with everybody because I wouldn't care less. I really don't think a church needs a choir. I think you need good singers. But thought true, you are really and truly worthy to be an industry head. And you served for it. And I don't think being in a leadership position is how you served for it. It's being in a followership position. Because that's how you really know true leaders, your service to the elite family. Following a pastor, Nikki, who came to the house after you, but your ability to serve without questioning shows that you are really a great leader. And so this is not based from my own thought on favoritism. It is based on meritocracy. And God will help you. And all the associate leaders, of course, Pastor Ashley, Pastor Lear, and of course, Francis, taking over as the leader of the band. I congratulate you, but I also want you to know that you have a great work ahead of you. The good standard has been set by the past leadership of um, the Livingstone, and now that the Livingstone name is going with my own generation. I'll take it and reserve it for my next life in church life. Um, and they explain why it has to be music nation to me. It's so that you can take in people that may not necessarily come to your gathering, may not necessarily have your orientation in music. We need and have been advocating for the new sound of the new church. Um, and I think uh, PK, Hope Dealers, and all the Limitless merging together with the, with the Music Nation will be able to produce that new sound. And it is based on that that I bless you with the blessing of God. And we're going to see the formal launch of that on a night with PT. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm already sampling the new songs like I wish. It is, it's amazing. I heard I wish Esros and um, someone from Inspire family. I think it's amazing and it's going to debut on the night with PT as we launch the new industry head. This afternoon, quickly, I wanted to check out the title itself for what I want to speak about. It's titled, If We End, We Start. I think just the caption alone 
You must write it somewhere. You must reflect on it. You must think about it. And as we've discussed before, and I've shown you time upon time from proofs, both from logic, history, and scriptures, that it is quite impossible for Adam to have been the first man. It was just the focus man. That the Garden of Eden was not just the place, the only place on earth. It was just the focus place. So, and how do we know just to refresh your memory? When Genesis started, it said the earth was formless. In Isaiah, it said for the earth that God created was not formless. What I'm saying with that, so that I don't bore you, is that there was a earth before what was in Genesis 1. But the important part of history, the one that matters today, is what was recorded in Bible. And the original plan of God was not going to be activated if something does not end. There is no new beginning without the other side of the beginnings ending. Every beginning only indicates that something ended. So we must not be afraid of something ending. Most times we hold on to what is going. You know, the scripture says about Moses that when the glory was fading away, I want that scripture actually, when the glory was fading away from the face of Moses, because people were afraid of him, People were scared of him. Imagine a guy who comes down from the mountain and his whole face, his physical face was glowing. That's why today now you have African pastors or, or prophets or stuff trying to do all manner of stunts. One did shine, shine. You know, he, he rolled out of a cloud from his altar and then they put, you know, you know what they used to throw on people who get married? That their face will be shining, yeah. <laughs> huh? We call it shine, shine, yeah. <laughs> so, so someone has thrown it at him in white suit, coming out, and people say, "Oh my God, yakaka!" All those yeah, nonsense they speak. Unless you go home and your mom starts speaking, it would work out. She's evoking evil. On you, causes. So, anyway, so they've thrown this on him, on this pastor. So people thought, it must be the glory of God. Wow. Um, Jew has been fasting for like 40 days and God's glory just came over him as he came out for service. They've thrown glitter. But you see, what they are acting out, what they are faking out, Moses actually experienced it. It happened to Moses. Do you have that scripture now? Please read. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 7. Uh. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious. Did you see? Wait, isn't this offensive to the Bible itself? It calls the Ten Commandments that Moses brought. Moses was with God for 40 days. Moses is a revered guy. 40 days on the mountain fasting and he saw the behind of God and all those stuff, right? And 
the New Testament. Because if there is no old, there can't be new. So it's more like God saying, if we don't end Malachi, if we don't end the old, we won't start. From Moses to Malachi was not the story. That was not the focus, but it had to be there. And as much as it's not the story, it's still great. But we still read it today. But it's not, it's not the thing. So every human is always afraid of the new. We always fight the new because we always think the old will become the new. The old can never become the new. The new has to have a new life of his own. You cannot merge what your parent taught you. What did you call those stuff now? Those sociologists taught. Huh? Socialization. Describe that thing one more time. I'm sorry. I have to hear it. Thank you. This is the thing with knowledge. You see, you can't mix knowledge and music. Once we've heard that knowledge and rapping starts, you just everything vanishes. So you've got to go back home and listen to it. I mean, music itself can be a knowledge. I'm not disputing that. But to catch up with that rap, I can't. But I like the vibe. I like the energy. We were joking about energy yesterday, Fred Mayweather. You know, and we say it's not about the money; it's the energy. Well, your kids can't hit energy. Like it's money, man. Talking about it's the energy. The energy. Give me some energy. What are you gonna do after this energy? Will you drink water on it? Will you step down? Talk to me. So socialization is the internalization and learning. Talk properly, my friend. Socialization is the internalization and learning of social norms, systems, values, ideologies. Then so it's a process example. through life. The house example with the money. Then. So primary socialization is the first socialization you go through. You go through in your family house. So your parents teach you certain things directly or indirectly. Right. That's where you learn your norms, your values. So I use the example of if you don't believe you can have money, it's probably because of what your mom, your mom showed you lack. You were socialized to believe in lack. You see, without you knowing. So we did socialize. That life there, that socialization we had, cannot produce, if you take 1% of it, and you merge it with what Pete is showing, and saying, 1% of what you have socialized on, would destroy everything I'm saying. As perfect as the Oshua Christ was and is, he had to hand. You see, this is still our struggle with the church. You're still praising him for his miracle, but his ultimate deed was not that he fed 5,000, was not that 20,000 followed him, was not all the things that we pray to him to do now. It was the fact, the ultimate deal was that he died. And resurrected. And he gave us the principle that brought this word. If we end, we will start. The principle was, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. So as long as we still have that socialization, our mind is caged. Caged to what we call morals. 
But most of our morals are not morals. Even within our own country, there are no morals. For example, if you grew up in a Yoruba home, which I did, it is an insult, like you, Dami, also did. Not too many Yorubas here, right? It's an insult for you not to go. It's an insult. They will call you immoral. But is it immoral for not prostrating? Then you grew up in a neighborhood home where they don't do that. Then the Yoruba will look at him and say, so who does he think he is? He doesn't think he's anything. It's just that what you call moral is not really moral. So we then say something about our own culture. You see, the Yoruba man can prostrate for you, but inside him is standing on your head. No, no, seriously. He's, he's standing there, but he does this, but he's going to bite you mad. And his heart is saying, uh, I can't say it in Yoruba, he's saying, bastard, I, I'm prostrating for you, but I'll be your leader, don't worry. It's crazy. But there's an outward appearance that, that depicts morals. So you socialized. I'm going to read a word from Yehoshua to you. The ultimate deed he did was want to die and to create a new Peter, Matthew. Saying that everything from Old Testament till his death is not significant and it has no power to create the new life unless he dies. You look at him and think, why does someone this perfect, why do they have to die? Perfect. Done many miracles. Walked on the sea. Did everything. It's because those things are not the core. To create new life, it must be dependent on a new person. On death. If everything that happened from Genesis to Malachi does not end, they will not start. So the creation of new life, and I've seen this as a leader, it's like you're trying to patch two things to work. You know, as leaders, we do that on sentiment. Leadership should change. This should change, but you feel, oh, you know, don't feel bad. It's not about feeling good or bad. It's about creation. And that's why I said, if we truly don't end. So, we look at the world. I think I posted something this morning. Let me read this because this is, we're still reading Bible, but let me read this from Socrates as well. Um, I'll have to find it out. I think I sent it to you, Harvey. Tell me. Not the, ones on, the one on the story. Satisfied. I'm going to have to find this. I'm sorry, guys. It's very simple. It's just not the story. It's the only flyer there, madam. Really? Okay. It says here, uh, you know, is this what you've gone to put on the story? This, this is not it, my friend. It's about beginning and end. I will find these guys. We need to. Otherwise, it will just be pity and the Bible talking. Every new beginning, thank you. Every new beginning, 
you may want to write this down, is by Seneca, actually. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's hand. Seneca said that. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Genesis 1 is a new beginning. If you cannot end something, you cannot enter the next thing. You can't patch both. You know, Yehoshua was saying that is it possible to put a new wine into the whole wine skin? You see, it begins to describe what would happen. And we had a problem with that because we tried as children to see if it tore, if the clothes would tear. It didn't tear physically. It tears by the sight perception. It, it, tearing means it will become of no value. So what we do in church most times is patch many things. Things that should have ended. There are businesses that should end. The, the name of a business can end. The experience you garnered and gathered from it cannot end. It is not the physical business. It is you becoming a better person on the inside of you. There are things we must allow to end. Imagine when we were in Lancaster House, God was trying to end us. So that we can have a new beginning. Lancaster House is just an auditorium that can sit maybe 200 people. But guess what we were dreaming? We said, you see this place? We're going to make it more beautiful. We'll buy chandelier light. Then there's a wall. You remember that wall before Pastor Mark? So we're going to pull it down. Then it will sit 500. God says, you're trying to patch. Because, and the reason why we patch is, the old has an appearance of glory. The old is why people respect you. Because in the old, you were making some money. But now you've been asking God or asking life and putting a demand on yourself for new level of money or finances. But the old won't let you. Because like I was going to say about Moses, the old has an appearance of glory. It's like the prophet that the true shine shine on. So when you come out in the hold, <coughs> you look like Moses with all the glorious appearance. They praise you. They say, wow. Now you are afraid that if this veil is removed, because it's just a veil, you yourself know that you're not satisfied. You know that whatever achievement people are clapping to you about or for you about now, it's not where your spirit is calling for. But it says, if that don't end, you won't start. Should we finish reading Moses? I'm piling up scriptures now and I don't want to take your time this afternoon. Tell me. But if the ministry of death written... Maybe the wine and stuff first. Oh no, okay. Ministry of death, please. So I was going to make a point there that as powerful as Moses is and there are people still worshipping Moses and doing the God of Moses service, Bible calls his ministry the ministry of death. Meaning, no matter how glorious it is, is imagine... Moses' ministry, yeah? Moses got water out of the rock. That's like mind-blowing. As in, you've seen African pastors try to fake that, yeah? 
they open a tap behind the stone. Then they magnify. They do, they do. These people are tapped. Then they say it's commanded water out of the rock. They walked on the sea. Moses walked on the sea. And the Bible still says, for the record, it is the ministry of death. You then wonder, how can this be? Because he's dead. It means everyone under that ministry died. As in, death means they never fulfilled what they are supposed to do on earth. Because remember, God took them out of Egypt and was going to take them to the promised land. Guess what? After they've seen manna, as in they were fed with manna for, is it 40 years or so? After they've seen water come out of the rock, after they've seen all kind of miracle, they never still made it. They couldn't make it. Because it's the ministry of death. So see what Pastor Faith is reading, please. Written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses. Did you see that? They could not steadily look at Moses. His face was glittering. Really, without shine, shine. Glittering. Because he's been with God. He was glittering. It was glorious. Tell me. Because of the glory of his countenance, uh -huh. which glory was passing away. This glory is going. And guess what Moses had to do? You'll soon read it from the Bible now. Tell me. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Uh -huh. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry... Did you see what he called the ministry of Moses? He calls it the ministry of condemnation. The law is condemnation, meaning already from our background... There are things you can't do. And you begin to think about God as in God had strict measures. Before they show you a kind of God that is not true, he had strict measures for the disabled. Before you begin to cry out to the God of the Bible, I'm just saying, he said once a child is born with blemish, like disabled, or you go and catch leprosy, it's just say, it doesn't say bring them to the camp and let's heal them. They take them. So you can't totally rely on this thing. They take them to the backside of the desert. There are disabled people they stone to death. He even said like someone is blind. Don't come to my temple. And those are the reasons why Christ had to do those miracles to cleanse them, to show them that the God you knew in the hold was just because he's building a nation. It's the ministry of condemnation. It shows you because if you don't know what is bad, you will not appreciate good. But that's not the totality of God. But it's a ministry that I, I want the passing glory and how Moses covered his face. Verse 12. Tell me. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put... It says we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses. So, how can your church convention be the God of Moses, unlike him? Unlike Moses, tell me. Who put a veil over his face, uh -huh. so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So... What that scripture is saying is, it's come out with this glory now. People are looking at him and saying, wow, Papa is, wow, wow. The glory is all over him. 
Everything is shining from God's presence. But the thing is, all those things fade off. So guess what Moses now did? People are praising him and everything was great because of the glory that he had. Then he realized, wow, this thing is going, you know. Remember, he's not done anything wrong. God is not angry with him. It is just automatic that some things must end. They don't end because you sinned. They don't end because God is angry. It must end. So when Moses realized that this thing is passing away, he's now put a veil. So it's become one of the Anglican or whatever bishop that speaks from under the cloth, going to get a big crown. So it's only the eyes you will see because there is no more, there is nothing there anymore. So when leaders become dramatic in appearance, it means they've lost something in that which you do not see. So they can now wear a big hat for the Pope, dress all stuff because there's really no glory there anymore. Moses now walks with a veil. The reason why he's walking without veil is so that now the children of Israel can't tell anymore if the glory is there or not. So they don't know anymore. But it's like, what is wrong with you, Moses? If that don't end, your real calling don't start. The glory was only useful for 40 days. The method of church we met was only useful for a short time. And when it begins to dwindle, you get into prayer movement because you're finished. Because that's the veil. With the veil, you can go and pray and say, God will answer your prayer. And two people will say their prayers are answered in desperate countries and desperate descendants, which is what Africans are. It doesn't matter what country the show of, of shame takes place as long as it's Africans. So when that glory is fading off, people we all hold on, and that's church, our personal lives too, we can become pretenders and make things. Now I don't want to talk about makeups because that would offend women. You are who you are at a point in life, and makeups are a blessing. But that will illustrate it a lot. Not you now, most of you here are young. It is the older ones. She's now 66, but she's young at heart. So there's a glory that characterizes a youth. When a person is 21, 22, 30, whatever, 30, whatever, you're not going to look the same at 66. If you reverse to 66, I mean to 25 and 66, just because you don't want to be looked down on, it means you've defined some things wrongly in your life. At every age in human existence, there is a new beginning, a level of grace and maturity and achievement you must enter into. So they say, women don't talk their age because they are not real women. These are not real women. These are weaklings. Every age comes with a grace. So, those of us who are getting older, our sisters and our mothers and our, 
and our wives and whatever, they must understand that you don't keep what is going. You have to let it go. Why? So that you can enjoy that moment and be the model of what a 50-year-old really is. Not a 50-year-old struggling with a 20-year-old. You're what you are. Even the young today must be old one day. But it's like we let the socialization of our parents define what old age is. Just because our families didn't do well at their old age don't mean we won't. We have to model something. What is a real 40-year-old? What is a real 50-year-old? They've walked into that class. They are not holding what needs to pass away. And I'm by no means suggesting that you shouldn't use what makes you feel good. I'm just saying that if you feel good at the expense of doing well, it will not be because things happen outside of you. It will be because you never sorted out some issues on the inside of you. And most of our predecessors never entered their new being because they are still struggling with the glory that was fading away. And so what God taught us in Lancaster is whatever you're working on and it looks like it's ending, let it end. Stop giving life to this thing that is supposed to die. The biggest thing is, are you alive? If the corn of wheat falls into the ground and die, unless it does, it abides alone. We finish Moses now. Look at Christ speaking. Mark 2 from verse 21. Tell me. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. We cannot merge this thing. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on a old garment. So what the church wanted us to do was, you see that old style that has been calling for revival to come, to come, to come. Merge it, make this new man into that, but still expect him to be at his optimal performance. And it's not possible. We want to sow a new generation with old ideas. Failed ideas. And this is where you come in. We cannot take new singers and merge them with slow music and then wonder how come none of them rose? Because you're taking what is passing away. Is it not in our lifetime that we saw church music almost faded away and Afrobeat took over? We must then ask ourselves, what went wrong? And if you want to call it church music, even those who are still doing well now, I'm telling you now, by what I know, they will go to do uh, revival music. By, they ask for money. But I thought that was what we thought against, that the gospel was free. Everybody now charges. Because they can't sustain. They don't have a system. We cannot merge the old and the new. So, in the creation of houses, it is God allowing us to detail our newness. In the same vein, this next scripture is important. Or, or finish that, please. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. <laughs> he said it will pull away naturally. The old you. Yeah 
When you bring that hold you, and I've worked with people in church that sat down on the pity's word, year in, year out, and nothing changed. The only thing is they saw others progress and they become bitter. Because their whole self never left. What they are doing is attending service may be new. They merge it, that new cloth, they merge it with their old self. It said the tear will be worse. Meaning they will get to a space in their life and they will wonder what happened? Why did nothing work? Then they will start pointing finger. At so 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 time, Obi did me wrong. Mm, there was a time in the, the mm, these people. Then they will become the righteous people, and everybody has treated them unfairly. That's that's the that's the bitterness is a sign of old and new. Someone is trying to sew it together. So we are not criticizing church. We are just alerting ourselves that the creation of life family is completely new. As a matter of fact, if a pastor indeed does not have the boldness to constantly innovate new with our team, you become the old person of the old church. In the old church exists the old person. When we were all going to church, where we changed. Look at this scripture. We'll forget about this Matthew one. If any man be in Christ. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Did you hear that? But the question we ask ourselves is, when you came into Christ, what changed? We can ask every, the best I've heard, people said, I used to drink, I don't drink anymore. What changed? If you were fearful before, and you are still fearful, nothing changed. Do you not know your parents, the most anxious people in the world? Before they gave their life to Christ, and after they gave their life to Christ, unfortunately, if they are African churchgoers, when they gave their life to Christ, it became worse. Because then they can see witches and wizards. When they were drinking, they didn't see witches and wizards. So I said, go back to whiskey. In this one now, any little thing don't work in a day. They say, hey, hmm. Then they go to, nothing changed. I've not met a man who became a new cre creature. They can change for a year or two. When poverty eats, they go back. If any man, it means the, the, the old mark of coming into Christ is that something ended for something to begin. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, and that cannot just be behavior or attitude things alone, it has to be everything. All things. Finish it, please. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That's not church confession. That is what you begin to create. If before you gave your life to Christ, what you were creating is the same as when you now 
gave your life to Christ, it means nothing changed. Don't just value the Christ life with because you went to say it somewhere. Everyone that I've known that said they've given their life to Christ, later in life they compromise everything. You see, so you are now back to the club. It's like you died and resurrected you. Because you were using the wrong things as the hallmark, as the yardstick of coming into Christ. You want to resign? Your visa. Tell me. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The old things are gone. The old must die, and that that that's that's daily. And I would have had no opportunity to say daily if Paul didn't say that. He said, "For I crucify myself." He said, "It's a daily thing." So, what kind of power is supposed to operate and work with the life family? Um, from a Femi to, to a Benny, IT. I've seen the professional world. So, a time will come in your life, NDD, and by what you've read now, that you will have thousands of young people that are acute professionals. They will bring you millions because you have the breath of God. So the most important thing in your life is life. And, and where that life dwells is in your mouth. It is in your words. So what you must protect, if there are givers in your house, if there are givers in your church, what, the reason why they are giving and aiding you and helping you is for you not to be able to compromise that mouth. Is for you to stand at the threshold, at the cutting edge of what delivery. Because any one of them whose heart takes to you and they listen to the words coming out of your mouth, even if they don't understand it, they will prosper. As in, they will grow through the hierarchy of the professional world and they will not know how. To the midwife, to girls under construction or girls with construction, this life... And so you write that down, my friend. The most important thing in your life is life. You know, at a point, Christ said, the word that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So the formation of Peter and all the disciples was not him laying hands on them. He never laid hands on them. He never asked that God will heal them. He spoke to them. He said, the word that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So, don't let nobody derail you from the word that is in your mouth. Keep the focus. It is good to dress up the word. You look nice. You wear nice clothes. But if there are no clothes, if there is no house, if there is no car, or whatever people do in life, make sure there is word. If you have business acumen, and I think you are. You are Hebrew, so you must have. If you have business acumen, it is not important. It would have been important outside of your call. But because you are called, what is important is the life in your mouth. So if you have business acumen, you make money and build yourself. 
if because of your call you can't use that you will make people and they will bring you money and they will come to a place in their life that they know that without those words in fact, as people take to your word more, those that are called to be with you, as they take more and more to your word, they'll prosper without much effort on their part. Just like you also will prosper without much effort and business acumen, they also will. Those whose heart has taken to life. Amen. I'm not just saying this. I've seen it happen. So it's different from a pastor just saying it. All those who are prospering and will keep prospering in this house, none of you have been told if you just give money to the Lord, you'll prosper, right? You were hearing the word. If the word is saying give part-time, you prosper on the basis of your obedience to that word. And that's why I've asked Pastor Sam, reform all your soldiers. Otherwise, you'll get to a place where people will take you back to sowing 1K and they will be sacrificed. Sowing a, a thousand. Do you remember your hope coming, guys? Don't let your soldiers become wastes. Which is what happens to the generation after the first, normally. Because all of a sudden, they believe in shoes. They believe in cars. They think what fits you into this society is how good you look. Is the word. You have none of it. You will eventually, no matter how much you fit in now, you will eventually fall off. And you see, the most terrible problem, yeah? I'm, don't tell anybody this, please. The most terrible problem is to fall off at latter age. The bitterness will be bitter. You see me in the church then see they are still there, they are doing that, see if they are perfect. But I used to be the one serving, you know. After service every Thursday, I'm there. Look at what they are doing. They don't even know if I'm there now. You'll be carrying that about. Then you watch TV and you see us jumping. Then you get more bitter. And there's no need for that. It's not a good life to live. Is a bad life. Haven't committed to a thing. The more you're taking in the word, I tell you this today. Everyone that I've seen not rising, so that your faith will be comforted. And I don't want to tell names because there are no names to tell. People have been excellent. They just didn't connect with the word. As in sometimes you wonder, but why do? Like, you see, you may refuse to connect to something because the thing speaking to you is not succeeding. So you think, yeah. But as in, one, the person succeeds, then one after the other. Why are you not connecting the hold and the nail? Merged together, the tear will be worse. Those of you who are soldiers under the first gen, one step into comfort, I'm telling you now, you won't live until you're like 45. When the new kids now will be saying, ah, uncle, so, 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 so. Or uncle is walking around with bitterness and saying, I've joined this day at Lancaster. 
uncle got comfortable when the soldiers were fighting. Seed rises and diminish because you now have mansions and many bills to pay. Mansions did not get us here. We got mansion here. So that's why I turned to Life Family today. It's Life Family service, right? That the most important thing, and all those of you who are IT, uh, Femi, uh, Benny, and all the IT people, and the midwives, and the construction people, I lie not to you. If you protect the life in our mouth, you will rise. You will. So, so of course you would then know that. I'm not saying this. Oh, she is so close to Pastor Andy. I don't know when last we've spoken. I hear the word. I know this is a call. I'm a word guy. And I understand when people help what I do, they prosper. The first set of their life, let me tell you the first set of prosperity is to be anchored. Forget I made a million, I made two million. The stability of one's soul and emotion is the first prosperity. Most people with money are not anchored. They are finished. These are like chaff according to Psalm number one. The wind passes over it. This is one of the richest men talking about the prosperity of human. He said it's like grass. The wind passes over it and it's no more. You are anchored. You are anchored meaning because of the mission you belong to, you can't die suddenly. You understand? But you do understand people die suddenly, right? You don't, you don't die suddenly because you expect to or you feel like. I say, I feel like I'm dying. No. If you are dying, you won't feel it. You will just die and we will see it now. You are anchored. The stability of soul. The stability of life. The first prosperity God gave to all my sons and daughters. And when you see any of them behaving uninched, the word did not get true. So their soul is not stable. Within them, the Bible talks about a stable soul. Their, their soul is not stable in them. So a person who has no money but a stable soul a focused mind. That is the prosperity. So, when you begin to notice instability in the mind from the second gen, just know the word is not getting true. The word that I speak, their spirit and their life. The most important thing in your life, man, is life. And that's in your mouth. I don't stop preaching. It's the same way living stone will function which is now music nation. Life, word, to have the uniformity of spirit. The leadership is completely submitted to the word. There's nothing like anyone who will lead anything henceforth. And this is just my consultancy stuff. So your son is just me taking consultancy fee monthly. That's, and if I calculate it now, you guys are in red, you whole. And the thing with my own owing is, I swear to you, it is not human invoicing. God will invoice your life by himself. No, seriously, you'll see. <laughs> but, but on a serious note, guys, now I forgot the serious thing. Anyone who will lead in the house must have either led a 
trap house or leave the one. That's not just accommodating people. That's not this one has a combination problem. No, must have because if you don't have heart, if one of your family ex leaders' house become empty before PT is one, like your accounting head, and you're saying there are less people in this house than PTs, then you've gone astray. So a leader, otherwise. We were, someone would then say, for those who are visitors watching us, I'm by no means suggesting that you don't love people unless they live with you. Of course not. People have their different way of life. But this us, our hope coming. Pine comb. Our upcoming, our Bible verse, our chapter is pine comb. So it's either you've lived there, you've nearly lived there. Or you've created one, then you've risen as a leader. Nearly live there means you slept off on the couch till someone said, Oh boy, that's my bed space. Get the F out of this place. Otherwise, can I ask you a question? What makes us different from the church we met? We are not the old. The new must have sacrifices. But even if that method is not the greatest, if, if it's not God approved, at least we've put something on the table that makes us different. So otherwise, why would an entity live with how many people do you live? The six people at this young age. And say, sort out your life, you know. Look at the people telling you to sort the, your life out. Look at their life. What they've become is what they mean by sort it out. It means destroy it. But look at the life of every leader. We don't always have money. And as a matter of fact, we should not always have money. Because that will mean money have us. Our ability to perform despite that is what makes us immortals. It is true. It is true. Money is the most needed commodity. Every man needs money. But those of us who do things, even when we don't have, are the immortals. We still achieve great heights. We still look like we have all the money in the world when we have no penny. That's what makes us immortals. Because mortals do great things because they have money. If they don't have, they won't give. They are mortals. And we must respect them. But you, Indidi, you family, you, 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 you are immortals. So don't reason like them. Because your end is not like theirs. That's what made life family. It's looking at the record of those who live across the houses and registered across the houses, we have almost a thousand people associated with all the houses. That's a big organization. The only way to sustain that is heart. Because you won't always have. But it's different from the socialization that says, because we don't have, we can't do. When our parents say, Oh, we need money for this. No, we need heart. And money will come. You're not living in the house you live in because you had money or you have money. You look around and say, well, you have many students also. When 
when you guys don't have food to eat, speak life. I didn't say positive confession, church. I didn't say motivation. We can do it. We can do it. And then people realize we cannot do it. Uh, growing up, a motivational preacher comes to my industry and says, you can do it. I say, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's like in the gym. You can do it. You can do it. I say, mm, no, can't do it. So it's the, body, it's the mind, not your body. But it's my body that is shaking. My mind is not shaking. My mind is solid. My mind believes in me. Well, you can see my leg shaking and you say, no, it's the mind. So my mind has now come into my, into my back muscle. Are you kidding me? Something I can feel. So it's not motivational word. It is words taught true by scripture. The first prosperity, the anchoring of the mind. Someone then says, what does anchoring of the mind mean? You're teaching on what is your morals, your own integrity as a family. That's why I said, truly, before we understand the integrity of a leader, we must have seen them behave in a trap setting. Then you know character. Because sometimes you must ask, why are we all doing this and you're not? And you see, we're not trying to force you to then do it. We're trying to see the outcome of you not doing it. For maybe, with the outcome of it, we may learn. Because of the great success you would achieve. But unfortunately, the outcome we are seeing is problematic. It's not something to emulate. But I can tell you my own story from Pankum to whatever house you know of. And how most of you grew from those places and now run your own setting. Everyone that is in leadership today has directly or indirectly lived in Pinecomb. May not have directly lived there, but I bet you, you left there one day, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. How can we neglect our upcoming for things that we've not tested? How can I, as David in court, come out and Saul gives me a new garment? And most times the people that even give us new garment, they are not even Saul. So gives me a new garment and say, wear this for your next level. Then I wear this thing. I'm trying to do church cruise and saying, this thing is heavy for me. Put me in a living room setting and you'll see how I take a city. Business meetings talk was just for us to gather people for revival. Everyone that came to our business meeting talk, they became pastors. So don't put me in that setting to take nation. How are we going to take Nigeria or Ghana sitting room setting, just talking, building on the ground cells? Once those people get the message and they are positively recruited, the, the fire will spread quicker than we can ever imagine. So how, how Spark Nation grew is how life must grow. Speak the word. So we're not fighting anything that is ending. There is no dispensation in our journey 
that we didn't fight when it was ending. We've told this story before, the day they told us to leave Havenmouth. You know, in those days, those things look like end of the world. Now, looking back, it looks like <laughs> we were looking for lawyers. And we got a lawyer to help us in church then, someone's sister, and then he brought her charges first. A lawyer that is not qualified, we don't even think he will win, by the way. First send charges to our church. We're trying to fight it. And we're thinking, you know, next Sunday we're going to increase so much that the kitchen of the place, we're going to use it all the downstairs. This is the revival. And God is saying, end this thing. But it was so sweet. We've never seen it before. But if that don't end, like it tried to end Lancaster until they locked the place. If they didn't lock that place, uh, we would never leave. We won't leave. We'll just expand. You see, I'm using physical things to describe what happens in our lives. You know, Because some relationships don't end, certain new ones don't start. And they will never start. Because that person still there is a blockage to whoever wants to come in. So, what was you going to read? Don't smell at me now. I gave you a scripture to read, but let me see. She's smiling at me. He said, Ah, even more. Oh, you've not mentioned that I was the one that found him dead. I've mentioned it for like 14 years now. Free me, I beg. I'm just joking. I was going to read the scripture now and I forgot. What were you going to read? I'll remember. Preach the word in season and out of season. What does the word do? It creates new people. First, before it creates new people, it creates new circumstances. It's like you've heard the word about giving now. Your circumstances change before your finance change. Pity had come to preach about how we need a million, ten million, whatever. He's preached the word and he said, okay, so this is how we're going to do this thing. Every one of us, we're going to give X, X amount. The word has come to change your circumstance. Meanwhile, normally, normally, what do you need to survive in a month? You've had your calculation, it's about 50p or 500 pounds or 1,000 pounds. Now, the word comes and is given. All of a sudden, you've realized that your circumstance has changed because of the word. When you try to fit, you, when you try to submit the word to your circumstance, that's where problems start because the second thing will then not happen. The word, your circumstance, the word had come, your circumstance has changed and it's supposed to now make you a new person. In other words, you begin to think that now I need 100K to survive rather than what it used to be. And sometimes it may take you a year to figure out how it may take two years, but you're not the same person again. So what that has done is, is taking you off that your so socialization from your family house where there is a regular income. There is something you've seen all your life. You've seen poverty or mediocrity all your life. The world is coming. Your mind is changed. Now, don't fear how long it takes for it to manifest. Keep the word in your eyes. And that is why our teachers, our leaders are important. Because when our mind wants to fail, they keep reminding us of our destiny. 
They keep reminding us of our call. They challenge our mind. So if you're already on a million, two million, they challenge you to think differently. And that's because they are, they, they, they are in contact with the divine. And only the divine knows your destiny. If you leave it to the earth, as long as you can be slave to the white man system, you're fine. There's a age by which you must get mortgage. And if you go on the internet and you see a 22-year-old say, oh, I got my first mortgage at 22, you think, oh, what's going on with me? Um, mortgage is not the definition of values. Every family must define their values. Our ancestors had different values, meaning there are families that are warriors. In a warrior family, maybe like I think your Balogun, that's a warrior family, or child, that's warrior, right? In a warrior family, you don't define your advancement by the fact that you've bought a shoe. Imagine your father is a warrior, like war leader, and abuses a son, raises a son, and the son comes and says, Daddy, hey, can you not see my shoe? It even has um, light. Then your father beheads you. Because it's not, it's not the value of that family. How many territories they've conquered is their own value. So I speak to life family. I speak to the nation family. that I hear the word talk about values. Our values are different. That's why we are called the family. Our values are the things that I started telling you from Thursday. What the house of medics should become and will become. What love house should become and will become. And I mentioned some other houses and I'll continue till I finish it. And mentioning to you today what the values of the life family is and what they will become. And I've also told you how that for your leader at the moment, the most important thing in her life is life. Don't forget she also has a leader. That's a pastor hobby. Because you all are from that branch, isn't it? That as you also grow, Obi, the, 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 I, I looked at the record, I think 15 houses, yes? That's a great con contribution to the nation family. Absolutely deserves a clap. Now, we're challenging the music nation now. Which would also then take away from some of your families because they need to go and form a music house. We might not have been able to do that before. My generation can't do that. We don't understand what is music like that. For us, what's music? That's our generation. But if yours move, miss the music revolution, you guys will suffer, you know. If we miss the recruitment revolution, Raising people into certain specific fields from football to boxing to where we're not just doing it for free as we used to. And it is not the money now. It's the fact that we can have a concentration place. But you, you, if a Christian has not lived with a pastor Nikki and they're fighting together, she can't run the house. She won't know how. You are holding houses. When the demon in three people manifests, and everyone in those houses have demons, special demons, specialized focused demons. It's like, it's like the, this, the issue is, you see, in church, yeah, you come and cast out demons. That's how fake this, but you cast the demon and he goes, eh, in trapping, 
The demon is focused towards you. As you're going into your bedroom, he's looking at you. And in houses, the demon even called you, sir. Is the demons with you? Say, yes, ma. <laughs> so every house leader must have a level of demons and a level of angels in the right proportion. Yeah, so there is a change of God. So there's a time the angels will be the one manifesting and at a time, maybe 9 p.m., say, you go home and rest. Go to heaven. But you see, what I'm trying to say with all that is it takes a level of maturity and temperament. You cannot assume maturity. It must be tested. You cannot assume leadership. It must be tested. Where we were coming from, the highest level, and I'm just using choir, I don't know what else to use, of choir or prayer leadership, so that I can talk to Pastor Christian and all the leaders now. The highest level is rehearsal. In leadership, what is rehearsal? You're talking about taking people to take the world together. You'll all be in the same camp. You will fight and spit at each other, but you'll come out with result. So what we're charging the Pastor Christo's movement with is come out with a new sound. I'm, I, am, I am PT. I'm not hosting. Our fights are different. Austin meaning like, um, like Hillsong. Our fight is different. Our demons are different. I was born in Nigeria. I was birthed with sandpaper. You know, sandpaper is what they use to clean cars. Our lives are rough. So, whereas, and I, and I said it yesterday, God does not need a song. It is humans that need songs. If God needed a song, when his son came, it would be a poet. When his son came, it will have choir leader. Song draws humans. Many times it even cages humans so that real leaders can present them to God. Humans are God's songs. Music is the song of humans. So it takes the mastery of that for us to take the word back to him. And when he sees humans manifesting their destiny, that songs in his ears. So it's all cool and good to come to church and tell and sing a song about how great God is. And when he speaks, and you know I love those songs. But I've grown past creating any atmosphere. Give me a microphone anywhere. I'll speak the counsel of God. I don't need any conditioning no more. We need songs that liberate people, that conveys the message in a more artistic way than pity can do. But these sounds must blend. There can't just be assumption that people just like rap because we're black. People like all sorts of music and that's why we call it Music Nation. So it's not rehearsal anymore, it's studio session. It is thinking session. 
it is for once forgetting about money or whatever and putting our heart and feeling the pain a pity is talking about saying what the, the force of the word here the music does not correlate I didn't say the voice these are the best voices I've heard but these voices imagine and I'm, I'll close with this what, what song are you handing this way imagine I've heard one of the songs PK just produced and I've heard a Leah in it and you won't know it's Leah why? Because she was constrained to just saying, and when you speak this Thursday, then next Thursday is going to be, and when you have not spoken, that's no, listen to me, that's not blaming anybody. The only person to even blame is me. Because that's what we inherited. And because of that, we will never know what can come out of this vessel unless we have people that are dedicated to know that as much it's like the money nation that Pastor Sam is just forming, the same way music nation must exist. The same way our football nation must exist. The same way basketball nation exists. The same way Pulse Academy or Connect Football and, and Capital Sport and every of these things. Friends, I'm telling you today, that despite what you think you're doing well that will make you money, these are your companies. These are the things that will turn to gold in your ends because if I've known anything about God, I've seen him specialize in calling the things that be not as though they were. As humans, we have how we think we want to make money. But when you see a call like this, focus, whatever you're doing today is just to survive. So my last church, to you, Pastor Andy, to you, Pastor Crystal, as you get ordained as an industry head, the night with PT... I hope you guys are ready for a night with pity. I don't even know the date anymore. I don't know what the date is, but it will shall happen between August and September, isn't it? We're looking for 2,000 plus registration, which must happen now. Otherwise, you'll become, and it is heavily on the shoulders of the second gen. So don't tell me we have 200 registration. We need thousands, because what scripture says is, one of you will become a thousand. So I think it's first week in September, actually. Huh? Okay. It is now. We have to make that statement now. And the music that day is going to be out of this world because it's a formal launch of the music nation. The blend of all the singers within the nation and outside of the nation. Can I see 300 amen on the screen? I want to read this last church then you can stand and come sing when you're ready. Look at this last charge and I close my case. The same thing applies to all the houses, all the leaders. It doesn't matter if your, your pastor, your leader, your house leader is eloquent in preaching. That's not what I'm saying. People preach everywhere. People preach. I'm talking about leaders that can sit their house down and speak the word. In their own way, they believe and they do the word. Such houses will prosper. So I'm not talking about eloquence or how a person is seen. In a family of war, war people, everybody holds their sword. 
So no leader can say, well, you know me, I'm not a preacher like that. You, the sword is the word. And if you don't have that in your house, you guys will stray. There must be word as much as there's discipline or whatever else is there. The word is key. So look at this church. Quickly talk to me. Second Timothy 4 from verse 1. Tell me. In the presence of God in and of Christ. In the presence of God, Pastor Indidi, I tell you this today, Pastor Crystal and all the family leaders. In the presence of God. And of Christ. Who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom. I give you this charge. I give you this charge. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be prepared in season. This is for you, Pastor Indidi, for you, Pastor Crystal, and all family heads, and all industrial heads. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. There are times we will be out of season. There are times there is much money. There are times there is no money. In season and out of season, preach the word. Correct. Rebuke. Rebuke. And, and encourage with grace. Correct. Rebuke. But don't just correct and rebuke. Encourage. You must, mo you must motivate. You must inspire. But you must not be afraid of anybody to the point where you don't rebuke them. Because if you do, they will not prosper. But don't just rebuke them. Don't just correct them. Encourage. Tell me. With great patience. Every leader must have great patience. Patience itself is already crazy. Great one. Great patience. And careful instruction. Meaning as a leader, as a leader, you must look at your instructions very well. You must not be haphazard. You must think true. And careful instruction. Tell me. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. The time has already come. People go from church to church, listening to all kinds of nonsense, performing miracles. The pastor is there saying, ah, ah, ah. You, you, you know they've gone crazy. But that's not our own portion. Their ways must not entice us. But the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. What their itching ear want to hear is that God will bless you tomorrow. Does any blessing happen in Nigeria? 50,000 prosperity churches. Everybody is poor. Have itching ears. Preach the word in season and out of season. That's my chat to you. Nation family, it's time to grow. Something must end for something to start. I greet you today. Do not, don't wait for encouragement to get your registration up. I'm advising the leadership of the church. Paste each family's registration. Make it public, including their giving. Why? So that nobody waste away. I greet you all. God bless you. Have a nice week. May God bless you this week.